0: And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Good evening. Jay Cross. Hiya. And Joe Branton. I just want to sleep. Um, Joe Branton, uh, we should preface this episode by saying that uh, you are very tired. Um, So if your performance is subpar, I mean, that will be nothing out of the ordinary. But if you sound a bit lethargic, that will not also be out of the ordinary. But um, if you come back with some amazing tour stories... That will be out of the ordinary because normally your tours are rubbish and boring. Despite being tired, I think I'll be all right on on this podcast. Okay. Honestly, there are so many drugs flowing through my system that I uh... <laughs> <laughs> you have you have got sort of Stephen Tyler esque look about you, yeah, wild thanks. hair and uh, crazy eyes. That's just
1: normal though. That's so, normal. Um,
0: how is everyone, Matt? I, how's your week?
1: Yeah, uh, it's been all right. I've been um, <clears throat> I finally. Did the thing to my guitar that I've been meaning to do for ages and get it set up ridiculously low tuned with super heavy strings. What guitar? Uh my S G. The custom shopless uh, pool. Yeah, <laughs> my custom shopless pool. That we use for
0: all videos is now a gent machine now and uh, uh, drop G. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for ages I've been like, wouldn't it be great if you got a set of eight <laughs> string strings and then just not use two of the strings from it? So my uh S G now features thirteen, seventeen 30 42 54 74 That's ridiculous. Cool. Tuned um, tuned to drop B flat, B flat standard. Nice. So half a tone lower than baritone. Oh, so, I'm into it. So although I, I'm actually although I'm actually tuning the low E to the same as what the A effectively is. So it actually goes D flat, D flat. It's really low. Oh it's, okay, yeah. so it's
2: it's B it's it's baritone half a step down and then yeah. you've it's dropped it's dropped and then you've drop dropped the no 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 because you've dropped the, oh no it's dropped D flat no it's not because you've Which then is, dropped the E the yeah E string right. down a fifth
1: yeah okay yeah. So basically, the, the bottom two strings are the same note. Yeah.
2: So it's, uh, so it's are like
1: an octave apart. That's, oh, I see. Yeah. It's not drop. It's yeah that's it's, they're almost. The same. Um, so your low E is a drone string.
2: That's almost torch. Yeah, effectively. Tuning, yeah. Isn't it? That's almost torch.
1: Yeah. That, that's the kind of thing that I was going for. So basically, if you play like a normal, like power chord, two note power chord, but also bar the low string, you're getting an octave down mm. plus the notes as well. Yeah. Um, what if you then put that through an octave pedal? Um, I, I don't think up. it would. Yeah. I don't think it would work um, because bizarrely enough, I was talking to a customer who actually had their guitar set up to C standard, and we were trying like micro Pog and stuff through it, and it just sounded too muddy. Yeah, my. So um, I think
0: you'd need to EQ it somehow. I I can't get anything to track uh, an octave on a dropped C on a bass.
1: I yeah, mean, I th- I, th- I yeah. think it's just it doesn't recognise the notes. I think the only way to do it would be like a gk pickup and then like up the sensitivity that's the only way i can can your, think you can Can your it to ears work. recognize
0: the note though if you were to put an octave down in there would your ears even know what was going on No
1: but the elephants would be loving it right okay yeah, his <laughs> bowels
0: might recognize <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's yes, going Yeah so you've <laughs> you
1: finally hit the brown M- note. music music for owls it's my new ambient record i would actually love tune I
0: would <laughs> love you to do a record and call it be have it called music for owls
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matt Nitro music for owls yeah, and uh, it's just super low frequencies all Do songs about hear mice low
2: frequencies I thought they heard like, I know that they've got really sensitive ears and they can hear they like they can hear a lot but can they hear I don't think they can hear sufficiently low frequencies can they I thought they could hear if anything there'd be like higher frequencies because they're like listening for like little mice and stuff just because they've got tiny little
0: mouths doesn't mean that they can only hear high frequencies it's not
2: just beep beep
0: beep 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 Yeah, they're all like Barry White animals.
2: What? The owls or the mice?
0: Owls. Oh,
2: right. It's not Barry
0: mice. Barry owls. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 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 Um, Uh So, good. So, uh, uh, super low tuning suitable for owls. While we hear what Jay's done with this week, can you research which animal can hear the lowest? It's definitely the blue whale. Okay, a hundred percent. Is that really an animal?
2: Wild. What do you mean, is that an animal?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you mean? As in, is it fictitious?
0: <laughs> Jay Cross, how's the um, week?
2: It's been all right. I've not been very well, actually. Um, I've been. It's been a mixture of being really busy and not being very well. And I think probably one has led on to the other. Because I don't get ill. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Yeah, you always say that, but you are ill... Fairly often, no, I don't get ill fairly often.
0: Mm. Are, are you d- still planning on selling your really nice Les Paul?
2: I'd like to, oh, I mean, I wouldn't like to, um, but you yeah, might have to, I might have to, um, because
0: have you actually got any guitar equipment left? Because you're on this guitar podcast every week, yeah, and two of your guitars are at Joe's house, yeah, you don't own an amp, you sold the best, um, effect pedal that you owned as well, other than the
2: I did, I sold my Fender Phaser, yeah, which yeah. you loved. Yeah, is but this your so way of saying you're retiring from the I'm podcast? I'm retiring from guitars. No, not from the podcast. Just from guitars. Okay, that's no, fine. Not less and less of actually. this is about yeah. guitars anyway. So, N- not at all, actually. It's more to do with the fact that I am kind of, I've kind of taken this realization where like I've got all this stuff that I'm sort of not really using, and I don't want to have stuff that I'm not using, and I kind of want to take a step back and actually start getting stuff that I will use. Which is That's why I, I, sold, so I, sold, um, I sold my basement last week. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast. You did. I did, okay. So I sold my basement last week. So I currently don't have an amp um, because the three amps that I did have, and I saw a picture from my time hop of my living room last year, this time last year, when I had the Supersonic and the AC30 in my living room. And it's like, what was I thinking? There was no way I was ever going to be able to turn those on in that flat
0: no Um, i mean like no way at all super
2: loud amps basically and um didn't you own an ac4 at one point no 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 um i did think about it but i was like no i'll get a bigger one yeah just get the
0: 30 that's fine um
2: and and so like because i've only ever had these massive amps i've not been able to play anything at home and it's kind of got me out of the habit of actually playing guitar and i think i just need to sort of take a step back so like I really love that Les Paul traditional, but I would be better suited selling that, because I don't... I, like, even the gigs that I've played on guitar, which have been few and far between over the last couple of years, like, I've used the Les Paul junior, the junior special that I've got, rather than the traditional. And I, I love that
0: junior special. It's great.
2: It's a wicked guitar. It's much and more
0: you. Then. It
2: really is, yeah. Absolutely is. And um, so I think, it, I think I need to sell the Les Paul traditional. Um... And just buy like a nice small amp and a couple of other cool pedals. Yep. Um, and- Bass breaker. Yeah, I think so. A base breaker or, I don't know. I've, I've been, I really want, I really like the idea of one of the really small Blackstar practice amps because I really like them and I can use them at home without any problem. Yeah. But the base breaker um, does have that line out, which would be great. And I can use that, you know, plugged into a computer.
0: I was really surprised at how little money the Fender Phaser sold for. And yeah, I mean they're
2: not they're not
1: worth anything really. They weren't well, a huge
0: amount of money at the time, were they? I don't I think so. The they size. were really cool. For, if for any
1: listeners no, who don't I think, know, oh, the... actually, no, I think they were nearly. Go on. So I think they were nearly a hundred quid when they came out. Yeah, something like I'm that. Sure yeah. Them In materials, eighty-nine quid
0: <laughs> or something. Yeah, they, they were brilliant. For any listeners who don't know the the Fender Phasers that we're talking about, they were one of the largest footprints of any virtually controlless effect um, i have ever seen it they were they were huge for absolutely no reason and then um towards the top of the pedal have a massive flat disc which is how you control the the rate (laughs) of the phasing the idea being that you can control it with your foot um
2: totally usable yeah yeah I mean great idea really yeah. great idea and the people I, need to change phaser rates all the time absolutely them, yeah they yeah start. do they yeah yeah, yeah absolutely don't. and like my mate who I've sold it to is going to get a load of yeast out of it and it's great and it's like but yeah I just I've, I've got all this stuff that I've collected over the last couple of years and I'm sort of I'm doing I'm sort of Having a bit of a streamline Doing the same with A load of my records as well I've just been going through Like I never listen to 7 inches I've got hundreds And I never listen to them Because they don't even last A half of a game of FIFA That's, that's the big issue like, <laughs> That's how you know a,
0: a thing is short If it well, doesn't yeah, quite it last doesn't,
2: And it's like I can't keep Like standing up To flip the record So I'm selling loads of records That I don't listen to And I'm selling Like I just want to sort of Streamline a little bit and um and just get some stuff that I'm actually going to use, and uh I, I like I keep doing this and I keep not getting very far with it, so I'm <laughs> I'm committed to like I think the big one is is selling the selling the Les Paul yeah um, you're keeping
0: the telly though
2: keep the telly at least until I get the but offset telly at okay.
0: least until it you fix it up to a state where it works well
2: yeah also that yeah. but um but oh, yeah. yeah the offset telly yeah yeah why yeah. don't you sell me
0: the American special
2: I could do that. Okay.
0: No, because Mark will want mates rates on
2: yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I want a, big, I mean, a mates bigger deal. for Mark
0: will be like 100 quid. I mean, yeah. he's
2: not getting it for that. I mean, like 100 quid, something like <laughs> that? Yeah, yeah. What, what's American special telly worth nowadays, Matt? About 100 quid? Uh, <laughs> yeah, about <laughs> 50 yeah, quid. Okay. 50 to
0: 100 yeah,
1: quid. 50, you know,
0: 50, 50, 50 quid. This is being recorded, so yeah, yeah, I will hold yeah, you right. to
1: this price. 100, yeah, 100, so yeah, 100 pounds. Uh, yeah, 100 pounds. 100 okay, pounds. good. Deal, deal. Good. Um, so, I found out which animal has the lowest hearing uh, <laughs> range. Over to uh, Matt Knight on Whale Watch. <laughs> no, I, no, I really... I, it, it's not a whale and it's not an elephant, so you have to... Uh, Is it an owl? Is it a lizard? No. No. Go does on, does a it ferret. live in the sea? A, a ferret? ferret? No, it isn't. A ferret. No. A Is ferret it... goes down to 16 hertz. What, what, what does a ferret have 17. to do with Barry White?
0: <laughs> what? I was imagining he had a fair few coats made out of ferrets. Oh. <laughs> maybe that's it um, so is it because they're close to the ground and they can hear all the <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are hey, what? you talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works yeah. right um, um, but yeah ferret. apparently yeah the ferret nice wow.
2: what like evolutionarily what is the like is that a word yeah, yeah it's,
1: because, it's, it's because ferrets always need to run away from sort of like whales and hey, other what? things that make really low noises yeah. <laughs> elephants <laughs> have you not heard that fable
0: the uh, whale and the ferret
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the ferret who ran away from the
0: whale yeah it's a classic it's oh, a yeah. big children's book Joe Branton you've been away again away yeah. with the ferrets yeah um, tell us about your <laughs> week you've been a- on tour Yes, yeah, yeah. I did another little bit of a run. This time with a... It was a support tour this time for a um, a math punk band called Let's Talk Daggers. Um, Your band is called? Polymath. Okay, just in case people are new to the podcast. No, 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 Mark had forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I literally just turn off when you... uh, Oh, yeah, Joe. Yes, um, mate.
1: I thought, oh, I'll listen to your band, like, on the the way to... um on the way to work the other day, I put Polymath into Spotify and some weird Spanish electronica act turned <laughs> That's, up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's
0: not Spanish, it's Scottish. Um, and uh, yeah, it's because <laughs> there's a dash in Poly and Math, the band name. We had to add it because this this uh, Spanish DJ is such an idiot that he keeps uploading his stuff to Spotify at, uh, under our... Um, our account is spotify does that, that automatically i think i think that's yeah, the problem great. yeah so is your band actually called polly hyphen math yes okay <laughs> yeah but yes that was right yeah so Kay. we did uh we, we just did another short run the, the most recent <laughs> run we did uh we just went up to scotland and then did a couple of dates in the north they're very very good we had a, an excellent time we played my favorite venue in the uk as well which is a place in nottingham called jt saws which is a uh It doesn't sound Um, very appealing. It's a converted fruit and veg warehouse. Is it Saw as in S-A-W or S-O-R-E? S-O-A-R. Oh, okay. S-O-A-R, yeah. Like Like, Saw, as in the guy's name was J.T. Saw. Okay, right, okay. Interesting. Um, But yeah, it's a converted fruit and veg warehouse um, where there is, uh, like, there's still just, like, loads of like crap in, in, in the sort of main room where they put bands on but it's you know it's, it's bring your own bottle so there are you know everyone has a good time and uh, there's no stage and the PA there is very very basic perfect for instrumental bands okay um, because you don't need microphones and no we just turn up louder which is okay which is great so and no uh, is there no PA at all there is some PA yeah uh, a very good band played with us uh, called What Gorilla who um, have, <laughs> uh, uh, have ha- the, Ma- the hello most incredible can gorillas here yeah, uh, find I, that out. I, I
1: don't know, maybe they can hear, do you reckon they can hear your music, Joe? Okay. <laughs> I doubt they listen to it. It's very <laughs>
0: obscure music. Anyway. Music for gorillas. What gorilla? Yeah, they were very good and they had like a, a lot of really high vocals and it, it, very good vocals. And so I think he did a good job to sort of, you know, deal with the fact that the PA was non-existent. But we had a great time. It was absolutely packed. The When we started playing, the whole place turned into a fun punching mosh pit with lots of crowd surfing which was great it was I mean, we were playing so late that everyone was so hammered that uh by that point it was just absolute carnage and people were of course being crowd surfed to the front because there's no stage you're just playing playing in front of people when they run out of people they were just getting lobbed at us
1: <laughs> nice. um so there was
0: a lot of a lot of carnage a lot of booze spillages and smash bottles our, our guitarist uh, pedal board um didn't work properly the next night because it just got filled with uh, with with spilt booze and uh, um, uh, at the end I you know we finished everyone's cheering and I took my bass off and lifted it above my head and I was like yeah yeah and then I moved the bass into one hand above my head oh I know where this is and, going and the weight sort of started shifting and <laughs> I realised I was dropping it and then someone picked me up and it was definitely falling out of my hand and I was like I can either Let this fall, and it looks like I've dropped my base. or I can just give it a little bit of a launch off and try and make it look legitimate. So I opted for the latter. Okay. And threw my bass through the drum kit. Nice, <laughs> classic. That was, what what uh, damage has been done? I uh, mean, to the drum kit. That's all already. Uh, it took one of the tuner pegs uh, almost completely off on okay. the top uh, of, of of the bass. The drum kit was fine, and uh, and took a big gouge out of the finish on the front. It was my my Sunburst fifties P bass. So if that was my bass, a bit of massive bit of finish would have flaked, cracked, and flaked off. Yeah, but because you've got that um, nitro on there. Probably just made a soft little indent. That's right, yeah. So it's just a big sort of like uh, some scratched indents along the front. There's some flaking on the bottom okay. that's happened. But I was kind of like, oh, I'll always remember that. It's like, <laughs> and that was the most fun I've ever had at a gig. So I was like, I'm quite happy that I've got some permanent damage from a really awesome gig. The big bit of finish that's flaked off uh, on the neck pocket of my bass <laughs> is from when uh, I was doing a gig with Jay and drunkenly fell underneath the stage it was What was really funny how do you fall <laughs> underneath the stage because the venue didn't have a stage this was the Hobgoblin Goblin. in Brighton right uh, and it was a venue made out of like pallets yeah I remember and um, slipped off the stage and fell like along it and my base f- went under into the sort of pallet-y uh, crub, like DIY stage and the top horn of the p-bass the horn went over the stage but the rest of the body went under the stage so if you imagine the of like smith
2: grind the right? edge
0: edge of the stage <laughs> which, yeah just did like a tony hawks esque grind down the uh, down the front of the stage
2: re- it was really funny there is there is a video of it i'll try and find it amazing please don't put that in the group i'm definitely not going to put that in the group but i'll try and find the uh, i'll show you later okay it was very funny
0: excellent so one thing not funny. Uh, one of the uh, biggest bits of news, I guess, this week: Prince passed on. Yeah. Um, we were at a uh, headphone event, so surrounded by a load of kind of music guys, um, and everyone was kind of a bit
1: gutted. Um, where were you, Matt? When you found out? Uh, I was just finishing work, and I couldn't. I actually couldn't believe it. I was like, it's one of those ones where it's like, you, you always think, oh yeah, well, I'll get a chance to see like Prince live eventually, and then you're like, oh that's gonna suck like it's one of those things like I'm gutted I missed the O2 concert like when he did it and um, I got actually, funny enough, I got really into Prince when I worked in my first guitar shop. And I worked with a guy who was a, did a Prince tribute band. And he was about the same height, looked just like him, <laughs> could sing just like him, and had a luthier build one of the cloud guitars and had it all sprayed in white with the EMGs. And he was amazing, could play just like him. And he was like, and I like never really listened to him. And he always used to put one in the shop. And I was like, oh. No, oh, he's probably gonna make a good living as a Prince tribute artist now. Well, <laughs> he's yeah. been doing it for years and years and years and he's like they absolutely nailed like all the production, all the costumes and everything, so now that was probably my closest ever chance to seeing Prince was seeing that tribute act. <laughs>
0: did you ever this is a bit of a tangent, but um did you ever see the guy in Brighton who was like the jimmy hendrix version of that and he was like yeah
1: it, i remember when i first moved to brighton there was that he always used to dress up as jimmy hendrix and then play but then he just sort of like disappeared for a while yeah
0: but he had everything didn't he He had like one of those actual fender tribute strats you know like the upside down one had all the pedals like vintage stuff but then he'd just go and play on the street it was
1: really weird um yeah no i don't know what happened to him actually like, I remember him playing for years. Like, especially when I was at BIM, I was like always the Jimi Hendrix guy, like playing at <laughs> Churchill Square, and oh, he just sort of disappeared. I mean, maybe he you, got bored of Hendrix and decided to do something else. You yeah.
2: say it's weird, but like, you know, some of these buskers make absolute bank.
0: What does so he think? He just bought a mega yacht and no, sailed I off don't, into I, the sunset? I don't, <laughs> I don't think that.
2: But you know, if you're out, if you know, if you go out and do on a busy Saturday, if you go and do, you know five hours or something you could you could make 100 quid yeah you know i mean i don't know if that's enough to
0: live on is it well, i mean if you're doing it every day
1: i guess yeah I, I used to um a friend of mine uh used to busk in fact i think he still does bus basically seven days a week 12 hours a day and was absolutely raking it in as well as doing like gigs and stuff like that in between but he'd go out yeah. and busk for for ages. But he'd go to really random towns and do it, where like, could you try and do it in Brighton? Like, there's so many buskers and musicians, people just get bored and just don't bother. But he was going to like really random, like nowhere towns, where they like don't know what a musician is, and then he'd start busking and he'd just get loads of money.
0: Wow, that's the that's the way to go.
1: Yeah.
0: Joe Branton, I know you're a big Prince fan. Yeah, where were you uh, when you heard the news? Oh, I, I'm not sure actually. I was thinking after you asked Matt, and I really can't remember because you if, were full of goofballs and alcohol booze. If it was around the time, it, did it happen when I was on tour? Thursday night. Um, yes, yes, I was hammered, absolutely <laughs> hammered. That was that was the that was the night I played Nottingham. Okay, so yeah, so uh, the drunkest I've ever played live. So yes, I didn't recall it at the time, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely rubbish. Um, yeah. I was actually doing, I was, do you know, like, a, a, I was doing some research just looking for some interesting social content, actually, a, a few days before it happened. And maybe three days before that, there was a, um, I was on This Day in Music. Have you ever been on that? Oh, website? Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting website for sort of random facts and stuff. And uh, a few days before Prince's death, on that day in music in 1982 or 1983, um, Prince was number one in the US Billboard charts with um, with Kiss, but he was also number two with um, a song that hits with Manic Mondays. Oh, which, with the Bangles. Which yeah, which he sold to the Bangles. Great tune. Um, under Big the tune. pseudonym of Christopher, and then they the the article went on to sort of explain a, a number of other times that Prince had been in the top ten. More than once, but without anyone knowing. What are the songs? Can you remember them? Um, uh, n- yeah, well, it was <laughs> no, it, no. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't always ones that he'd necessarily written and sold. Some, some of the times it was covers. So it happened with Sinead O'Connor, and it happened with Cindy Lauper. Okay. Um, it had happened where with Shaka Khan, and like, there were a number of others as well. But I, I can't, can't remember exactly what they were. But just the guy was just an absolutely prolific writer what's your um what's your kind of experience with prince because i have to admit i wasn't a massive i'm not really a big fan um so this news was more for me like a bit of a kind of pop culture like curiosity like oh prince has passed okay that's obviously sad and i know people like him but for me it's not like you know, like, Paul McCartney will be the one for me. Like, then I'll be actually gutted. Um, I mean, that happened in 1916. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. When, um, when Billy Shears finally passes, uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be very upset. So is it something... Because I can't imagine Prince being something that I would listen to, like, from a young age. Because as a kid, I was like, okay, I'm listening to Green Day and The Offspring and stuff that's, like, a bit more aggro. I can't imagine being, like, an angry young teenager and going, oh, do you know what I'm going to listen to? Purple Rain. Well, that's that's funny. So I was really into Prince from a relatively young age and actually because of the Purple Rain film, because of how cool he was, because of the, the whole concept of, of Purple Rain and him being like in a um a house band for this really like random happening club and sort of everything revolving around what they were gonna play that evening and the the whole idea of like the best set that they'd ever played was where they were so good that they just did one song and then left the stage and it was it was Really cool.
1: Don't forget, he also did the uh, Batman soundtrack. He did, which is where most people would have heard him for the first time. Yeah. See which, ba- which Batman? The dance, the, f-
0: the first one, right, the first Michael Keaton, yeah. right? Yeah, there's all, a all of the songs on there, like the the thing that the Joker's got playing on a ghetto blaster when he when walks he does into the, the, the dance, the art place, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess mm, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it just passed me by, which is weird because all my family are kind of into, into Prince in some way. But um, yeah, I think maybe the songs that he was big with when I was a kid were things like "Most Beautiful Girl in the World" and stuff like that. Which yeah, he did they weren't really a... like guitar songs, were they? No. So I, I never really think of him as a guitarist. But then you well, see he's everything. You think his first well, record. Uh, he played every instrument. Of course, of course. But I, as growing up, I never really heard that. I heard the kind of more like the kind of. Romantic soul stuff, yeah, Yeah, ballads and stuff. Um, But then you know, you watch that video, the George Harrison tribute, where he's just absolutely shredding it up, and then he throws his guitar off. Um, Uh, How amazing is that? Yeah, he doesn't just throw his guitar off; he's a magician. He throws it and it disappears. Yeah, it's pretty. He throws it into another realm. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty amazing Matt Knight um, How about you really Like how did you I mean you said about The kind of Prince uh, Prince guy um, Yeah But how did you get into him What's like the favourite
1: uh, Favourite Prince moment I don't know I, I suppose it was really that Because he was like You know I was, I was probably only like 15 And he was just like Oh I'm really into Prince I was like oh, I've never really listened to Prince And then he just puts some on On the, the radio in store and i was just like wow i can't believe i've like never really listened to it and then he was doing a gig like a few weeks later and did purple rain as the last song and they played for like 20 minutes and everyone was loving it i was like prince is amazing and then when i got into sort of like more of the guitar side of things i was like he's actually like an incredible guitarist and then how much he influenced influenced like michael jackson and stuff like that for like his later later career um and i don't know i just sort of like just realised that he was actually just like an amazing musician and not just kind of this guy in like really flamboyant costumes. I really which is like- kind of how you, sort of how you picture it at first. And then you're like, when he starts playing guitar, you're like, yeah, amazing. And actually for modern day, his guitar rig, like you see all these like, you know, guys that have been famous for like 40 years using all this ridiculous high-end stuff. And he just uses like six boss pedals. And you're like, yeah, right on. I was gonna Just s- great sound out of like loads of simple gear. I was going to um, say, um, being the guitar notes podcast,
0: I guess we should do a kind of rundown of the of Prince's rig, really. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say, we can go into that in a sec. No, no, no. Let's talk about his. Uh, let's talk about his gear. So, I guess the first thing to talk about really is the guitars, and obviously, I know him for things like the cymbal guitar, um, which. I yeah that that's that did come quite late though like the thing that he's yeah, known for is his is the telly which well, isn't a telly. I was going to say let's go into that in a minute and we'll talk about the more kind of flamboyant ones first. So the symbol one obviously came when he changed his name or couldn't use his name because of the record uh, contract disputes. Is that uh, yeah sp- he didn't he didn't want to continue to use his name. It was more kay. an fu to the music to, to his record label yeah. than anything else. Yeah um, and that guitar as was built around that symbol do we know who that one was built by was that one also um, Schecter um, I think that was pre-Schecter ok
1: yeah no the symbol was um, I did just see it somewhere actually it's, it's like some sort of custom custom luthier uh, built it for him um I will try and find the name, but yeah, some guy who also built the pre Shechter guitars as well. Okay, but the the symbol was
0: the first guitar that then <laughs> that had the uh, Prince pickup configuration, which you then see on everything else. And of course, to, in, in towards his later stuff, he he started playing um, Fender Strats that were fitted with the Prince, pickup which is configuration. what humbucker in the bridge and single coil in the neck. Yeah, both white EMGs. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess the for me the most famous ones would be like the cloud guitars um which Matt you're saying there was a luthier who made them first and then they moved over to Schechter.
1: Yeah, uh, it was actually um someone from Minneapolis called oh, I did just find it somewhere. Um I can't remember. Oh, David Hussein. Okay. Uh who was basically um he was just like a luthier employed in a guitar shop in uh Minneapolis in Minnesota and he basically built it and built a lot of the other ones after that. And actually sort of relatively I suppose I don't know, it's a bit of an odd one, 24.75 inch scale length. So what Fender Fender scale length um Gib- no, no Gibson, Gibson scale sorry, length. Gibson scale length, 22 frets, 12 inch radius. So I suppose yeah, pretty yeah, Gibson like with two EMG's. Uh Active EMG humbucker in the bridge, and then a single coil in the neck, and that was the that was the very that was the very first one. I think he built quite a few of those in like loads of different colours. Yeah, um, and then I think the Schechter ones came sort of slightly later. Um, I think when they decided to do like obviously, a, but yeah, they um, they offered them so Prince could sell them on his website. Apparently, really. So yeah.
2: what were they built in? <clears throat> they built in. Korea, or uh, maybe on no, China. I think they were American I, yeah,
0: built. I think they were like super custom shop,
2: but sold on yeah. the sold sort of on masse.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess like you know we talked about the um, Gene Simmons axe base where yeah. they get get it made and then yeah, he yeah, sells yeah. them on the on the Kiss
1: website. So maybe it's a similar similar sort of deal to actually, that. Actually, when I was at their previous store, I was at, I'm pretty sure Schechter had one in stock. Because I'm sure, I remember someone asking if we could sell it, and I did actually inquire, and they were like, "Yes, it's available." They were expensive. Um, I see if I can find it because I'm sure you can actually still, you can still buy them.
0: I imagine uh, now you will be able to.
1: Yeah, sure, there'll be a
0: decent premium on them on them right now. Um, so, Joe, while Matt's looking that up, do you want to talk a little bit about the Hona Telly? Yeah, well, there, there, there's the drop. Yeah, that his his Telecaster was a Hona, not a brand especially associated with high-end quality and not really a brand that lasted just uh, I mean as far as I'm aware I don't think Honda still are in production. I think uh, I'm not I, sure if the brand still exists you don't you tend not to see the guitars much anymore they but make even the blues harp Yes they do of course they do yeah so the but brand yeah, is still as around. a guitar I as a guitar manufacturer I don't know if they do anything anymore anyway. They were doing things until at least about 10 years ago because they right. were doing the uh, cricket back guitars you know the headless Steinberger yeah. style well that's that's kind of a, uh, um, quite a good assessment of what Honor were they were a brand that had their heyday in the 80s yeah um and, and capitalised on something that a lot of brands uh, capitalised on, which was that they made Fender-like guitars, so they did strats and telecasters, they also did P-basses and jazz basses, but with the addition of things like Floyd Rose Bridges and Active Pickups. Uh, Hona did their own range of um, pickups in a sister brand called Arba, and uh, they were very much like EMG-style pickups. Okay. Um, Prince's... Um, Prince's Telecaster that he had was um, a natural wood-finished bound, a 60-style bound Telecaster with a leopard print-style scratch plate. Yeah. Although it's, it's just a type just, of tortoisesh.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that looks yeah, he... Um I was just reading that he actually bought that apparently because part of the reason was that the scratch plate matched the guitar strap he was using at the time Yeah, that's awesome Um, that's amazing but they apparently they made home actually made that in the very early 70s um, and then not long after he bought one they actually got sued by Fender because the headstock was too similar right (laughs) Um, so they changed the headstock but the early ones were actually built in the Bill Lawrence factory
0: ah really right yeah so i bet they were damn um, good I, I love the little bits of attention to detail on on prince's telly um around the uh around the the bridge area um where you know fender would have the, the large square bridge piece um on the on the honer it's got like a uh a disc of scratch plate around yeah, the bridge pickup. Yeah. it's weird isn't it yeah it's like a little housing around that yeah yeah it's I, a cool don't, looking I don't thing. know many I don't know how many he has I would be incredibly surprised if it's just one because he brings it out at most shows and big performances and he does some pretty risque manoeuvres I mean even you mentioned the the uh, I think it was the George Harrison tribute where he finishes by throwing it <clears throat> in the air he throws it really high in the air so it, in the in the in the video footage of it, it just looks like he throws it up and it never comes down. Yeah, but yeah. he actually sort of throws it up and forwards to a guy he's got standing off stage who catches yeah. it. But, you know, I'd, I'd just be incredibly shocked if he'd do that if he only had one.
1: Mm. I, was, um, I was just reading here, basically, it was launched at the NAM show in 1972 under a brand called HS Anderson, which was built in a Japanese factory um named mad cat okay then Hona bought the the rights to make the model and then Fender sued Hona because the <laughs> headstock was too similar um, and he managed to and Prince just bought one of the ones in the guitar shop in a guitar shop in the sort of mid 70s um, and then after he became famous Hona bought it back into production with a different headstock oh really <laughs> so the early Honer reissues so were made in the Bill Lawrence factory um and then they stopped doing that and then there were some later ones that were just built by Aluthia. Wow. But the early ones are Japanese and they come under basically the Hona brand, but it's actually another company that made them. Um, so, so, yeah. It's just, almost impossible to get hold of, I'm, I'm sure. Well, well fact, actually, there sca- are... Go on. So I was going to say, I was scanning around and a website called Mad Cat Guitars or madcat.ch is like, a website dedicated to this guitar and they've and since 2010 have only updated their website six times and one of them is to say that Prince died and then the other ones are just guitars on eBay that have come up really that's how yeah. scarce they are that's um, amazing yeah.
0: there is there is a, a, a luthier who's making uh who's doing copies of I bet he is now here. I'm sure it is yeah I did see it shared around I mean you can't You you can't eBay... eBay, you can't Google uh, the word, you know, Prince at the moment without it coming up with, like, RIP Prince hoodies and (laughs) cups and things at the moment. So it is a shame that people maximise them on on his death like that. But there are are a few Luthiers now doing really good-looking copies of that guitar. Jay, you were going to say something about Hona.
2: Yeah, so I was just doing a bit of reading on what they're sort of up to nowadays, and it does seem as though, unfortunately... They have sort of fallen away from guitars entirely. Have they done the same um,
0: thing as First Act?
2: Uh, well, t- primarily they they focused on their harmonica uh, trade, um, so they do a bunch of harmonicas um, and you know pretty much anything you can you can want. And they're kind of the name in harmonica, I think. I would I would say um, yeah, pretty certainly much. certainly as far as I'm aware. So they do source. they do the blues harps, <clears throat> the marine bands. Yeah, uh, they do chromatics. They do. Um the, the sort of the the um like off key ones, so yep. like the uh for playing like gypsy jazz. Yeah. Um natural minors, harmonic minors. You know, they do they do everything. But but the yeah, so there aren't any um electric guitars that they do anymore except um the the, uh, the cricket bats. The cricket bats, yeah, except the uh the headless Design ones; those are the only electric guitars that are left on there, on on in the catalogue. Everything else is just um, like some classical stuff, some uh, what some an acoustic odd stuff. Range, yeah, to it's carry. a really weird range, a really really weird range. And I guess it's just, you know, they've got the name, so they're going to carry on doing sort of cheap stuff, um, yeah. probably because there's no way for them to drum up any other demand for you know the the stuff that they were doing in the in the 70s which is a shame
0: matt knight before we move off prince um let's talk about the Mm. important bits prince's pedal board pretty um unique in that it wasn't really that unique um
1: yeah which i I i just think is brilliant i i just think like you know it just goes to show that you can just get a great sound from you know you don't have to go for the most ridiculous pedals out there um and he's always, Sorry, always says used... says Matt
0: Knight. Can we, can we get that
1: as a soundbite? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like to use ridiculous pedals, but I don't play gigs. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, and I think it, it just goes... I mean, he basically used all Boss pedals, pretty much. Uh, and I think ever since the 70s, he has. Um, and always been reliable. I, I suppose that's the thing, is, you know, if you look at a lot of other pedals that came out in the 70s, it's like that, most of them are now sort of broken, or in, in houses that are either too big or just, you know, aren't sturdy enough to, to gig with. Um, so, I mean, he basically used a BD2 Blues driver, a DS2 Turbo Distortion, an OC2 Octave, a BF2 Flanger, a DD3 Delay, and a VB2 Vibrato. Um, of course and then, alongside the that, also used a Whammy and a Wah. And that yeah. basically it. That's pretty amazing,
0: isn't it? And that's like... Like you say, it really speaks to the fact that for a long time pedals were great sounding a lot of the time, but were not designed to for long term, you know, gigging. Um, except for Boss, really, who you know built that housing a long
1: time ago and have kind of stuck with it.
0: When
2: did yeah. the, when was the Whammy released? Like the original
1: Whammy. Nin- nineteen eighty nine, I think, was or nineteen ninety. Oh, wow. What yeah. was he doing
2: before then? Was he just going like, wow?
1: With with his his I don't think I don't think that sound even existed at that time. That sound that like well, I just I, did. Um, Thank goodness. Well, actually, I suppose there was some rack units that had that sort of effect in it. Right. Like I think Eventide were doing something. Um, I think Boss maybe potentially had something, but they the, like Digitech kind of yeah. like, put it into pedal format. Right. Okay. Right. Which I mean right. must have been pretty nuts at that time because I think what pedals other pedals were around in like at that point, like you'd think like a whammy would have been so. Far out, yeah. Compared so, to like anything else on the market,
0: those um those original whammies don't sound that good. Though, do they do. They've got like a very very uh, glitchy kind of sound to them, which in a way I guess is kind of good.
1: Yeah, they they go for stupid amounts of money uh, now as well, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, people people love them it, it, because I I suppose after the whammy one, they went really downhill for a while. Like right. the whammy two was like a big plastic box with two plastic buttons and you could scroll up and down through all the Well, pre- you could scroll one button scrolled up through the presets but if you wanted to scroll down through the presets you had to hold one button down right um which was ridiculous um but yeah it wasn't I suppose until the Whammy 4 that they kind of became popular again when they reissued it because the uh, early ones uh, were just you know
2: and was that due to like Tom Morello
1: um, I don't know I've, I don't really know why they decided to reissue. No, because the, the Whammy Four came out. Well, maybe, maybe I suppose late nineties. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever okay. seen a Whammy Three they make a Whammy 3? Uh, no, because they made the Whammy 2 and then they made the XP series. Yeah, that was right, the uh, XP-100, yeah, which, which was the Whammy Wah. Yeah. And they the were in like a darker red, red I mean. weren't
0: they? Almost yeah. a purple. They were like a completely different shape as well. They yeah. look They look yeah. weird. So.
1: But that had the same series as the um, the Space Station, the XP-400. Yeah.
2: Yes. So uh, in fact,
1: best pedal ever made. So,
2: in fact, you have seen a Whammy War because uh, there is one uh, sat in a guitar shop that shall not be named with a missing power supply as it has been missing for the last five years or so.
0: (laughs) Yes, Uh. Uh, yes. Anyway, shall we move on to some brighter news? Nude. Good. Um, So, first up, um, I don't really know how to pronounce this. Demeter Amps? Matt, you probably know better than I do. Demeter Dem- yeah I've always Dem- said Dem- Demeter,
1: Demeter 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 Demeter. Demeter. Um, Demeter yeah who haven't ever made a lot but they make a tremolo that is just kind of sort of like really standard on pedal boards like you see them on loads of boards yeah. they've always just despite them looking I'd say kind of incredibly plain um it's not about what They're, they look yeah, like they now. actually sound really really good. So we Quite should nice. say
0: they have announced the tremulator plus. Now I assume the tremulator is the pedal that you see
1: everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean basically they've been making that pedal for 35 years I think. Wow. Okay. Okay, so what um what is the plus bringing to the table? Um gain, which is always a nice feature <laughs> on tremolos. Um, well, we we had the same thing on the cast engineering one that we demoed recently. Yes. That had that sort of like internal sort of gain control because it's kind of nice when you've got the sound of those old fender amps where you like, you can, you've got like a old deluxe where you crank the input and you get a bit of drive and you've got the trim on there as well. Um, waveform, so triangle or square, or you can mix between the two. Um, and bias, which gives you more of the kind of vintage push and pull that you'd get from. Um, like an old an old fender style trim, so where it's actually physically We're pulling and pushing power, power from the valves yeah. right Amazing. sure yeah um, I look forward to hearing this um,
0: I think the there's a few good trems on the market but if you're saying that this is kind of like the one that's on everyone's board but a bit better um, should be a decent product how much
1: is the yeah, plus it's, retail it's one of, it? I think 300 dollars okay so, so 250 quid I suppose maybe
0: quite a lot for a tremolo I guess yeah,
1: I mean, it's, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love how. Not you, for that. Matt, no, 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 no.
0: Not. Doesn't even. It's like water off a duck's back. He's just like. Yeah, but
1: I, I suppose the thing is, is now is that pedals are that sort of. Yeah. That sort of price, aren't they? That's, you know, it's what people are really willing to put. I mean, there's a lot of you know great pedals under a hundred quid, but I almost think that they're becoming rarer. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, I talk to people about pedals, like. Most things are one hundred and twenty pounds.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that is like
0: the uh, the standard price point now for something that isn't like a Beringer or like a Moore, isn't it? It's like one one nine.
2: Unless you're yeah. Electroharmonics.
0: Harmonics, yeah, where everything's thirty quid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just a quick update, Matt. By the way, any more Dan Electro Food Series
1: pedals this week? Uh, no, none of no interesting ones. I've come, I've been offered a couple, but um, I haven't really had any sort of. Um, any spare cash at the moment so i've kind of like held fire although i have um been in touch with some people about rehousing the tremor uh, the delay that i bought because like i said it's great but the buttons are just that little bit like i might actually no. like no because you the need button. the pedal board and you need the, all of them to look the same that, you- that pedal board did would we talk about the pedal board that came up that was like all of them on like one board no it came from like a shop and it like every food series on one board and I was like I I might be tempted to that it it went for a ridiculous sum of money I was like there's too many people with the same idea as me like well, nobody had the same
2: idea as you until you started blabbing on about it on here you're such yeah, a so mug. Now
1: You're c- such a mug giving
2: your game away. You you, you do this a lot and but other, other people are like, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm going to get some of that and then I'll hold Matty to ransom in six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> what, I will,
0: what I will say is uh, if anyone out there listening has got a Dan Electro food series pedal that they're not using and they uh, fancy donating it to the cause, Matt will be more than happy well, to I've, oblige.
1: I've actually, a couple of podcasters have actually, um, I think a couple did actually message me and they were like, oh, I want, oh do you want to buy them and I was kind of like no <laughs> can you just give them to me <laughs> using our audience
0: for, for all it's worth um, uh, the, the key thing isn't it isn't it uh, the key thing is that you um, don't want to spend a load of money on it so only, only grab them when they come up very
1: cheap on yeah, eBay so. and um, I did get my Boss uh, VB2 so that's kind oh, of nice. uh, been keeping me nice uh, sorry, sorry you them. got your Boss VB2 already Uh, well yeah it it should have arrived today yeah okay
0: no problem (laughs) (laughs) just gonna get hold of boss
1: now obviously the slightly more important uh, unbelievable unbelievable (laughs) they know they know that Matt's actually gonna
2: talk about it more in in fairness Joe A comes before G in the alphabet they're probably just working alphabetically
0: wait A and G yeah Uh, like you know
2: what where they get sent
1: oh yeah yeah you're right yeah i see i'm sure
2: i'm sure that's all it is i'm sure that's all it is oh no
1: mine's actually um direct from from roland mine's not actually a a store related thing okay anyway so moving
0: on the only other bit of news this week j rocket audio designs have uh, launched the tranquilizer phase vibe
1: um matt knight j rocket have been doing some great stuff haven't they uh, yeah, they have actually decided to redesign most of their pedals now into what they call the Tour Series, which is the same box that the Archers um, have come in. So the Archer being the sort of like clone copy that everyone's bought that hasn't been a Soul Food. Yeah. Um, But they're good. They've obviously top-mounted jacks, and they kind of all fit together really nicely if you've got a few of them. And I think they released, what, 11 new pedals at NAMM, I think it was, including a couple that have already come out. Um, And, yeah, one of them is this um, phaser, which goes between... It's actually a phaser and, like, a Univibe in one, and then you can blend between the two. Wow. uh, Which I thought was quite cool. Um, Very, very similar to the Dodd... Um, what was it called vibra vibra thing, which I sold and I thought oh, we should buy one of those again because that did sound awesome um so I think very very similar to that but they've yeah they've got like uh, a load of new drives they've got a new boost um they've got like a buffer with like a it's kind of like an Ecoplex it has got one control on it um and the dude. Which is an amazing drive pedal. It's their kind of like dumbbell in a box sort of thing.
0: I hear a lot of people talk about the dude. I need to get down and try some uh, J Rocket
1: stuff because I've only we heard should, the um, Archer. We should try and see if they'll uh, send us some for videos.
0: Yes, we should. We should definitely do that because uh, I'd I'd really like to um to hear them and uh, and do some stuff with them. I think that would be sweet. Should we dive in some questions? Question. As always, uh, the questions are pulled from the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, Join the uh, fellow listeners on there. Do submit your questions. Um, It's going great, Guns. There's so many questions on there all the time. And if we don't get around to answering them on the podcast, other people in the group are more than happy to uh, share their experience and uh, share their knowledge. And uh, your question will get answered. First up, um, Scott says, all right, that's it. I'm just going to quit trying property to learn the, sto- the solo to Stairway. I've now managed to break three high E's on the bends and th- on three different guitars, all with relatively new strings on too. All sets of strings less than a month old and a mix of Ernie Ball, Fender Bullets, Daddario 10s. What is going on? Any advice, Jay Cross?
2: Uh, I don't know, really. I mean, if... Are they is it particularly big bends on that solo? I don't what? think I've ever I don't think I've ever got to that bit in the song. <laughs>
1: good, good. <laughs>
2: um Yeah, okay, I mean it seriously sounds, I've it got sounds absolutely more no idea. Like
1: that. it sounds more like if he keeps breaking high E's, they're breaking in the same place, it sounds more like there's a problem with the guitar. Well yeah, but it's it but point,
2: Scott does point out I don't know if you're listening to the question, Matt. Scott did point out that he used three different guitars.
1: No. Yeah, you said yeah. three he different three guitars. Different, uh, Where did he? <laughs> <laughs> we we've all got this up in front of us, Matt. Um yeah. Oh on three different guitars. Sorry, I thought he um I I missed that bit. Yes. But, three, obviously.
2: Three different guitars. Um so yes, I mean that would have been my first point is that if if the if your strings are going in one particular place, then there's probably something wrong with the guitar. And if you're putting a lot of strain on one particular string, I mean you know, if, if ever you're going to be putting a lot of strain on one string, it's going to be uh, highlighting any issues that the guitar may have either on the nut or on the bridge, which is generally where they tend to break.
0: The, I mean, that, that said, I still think it, uh, I, if, if there are three different guitars, yeah. three different brands of string involved, then the only um, unchanging thing... In this is Scott. It's Scott absolutely your <laughs> so technique is off is, mate? Is, I, I imagine it's a technique thing.
2: Or,
0: or <laughs> I, don't, not, could, not a, I don't. I think it, it may not be that. It might be um, if he's using a very hard pick. Yeah, that, I think that technique too. to break consistently break highs. I mean, you have to be going some. Yeah, one Maybe thing change I changed to nines, drop a gauge. One thing I did notice in the email, which I have heard from other players before is mixing strings makes you more likely to break them. So if you've got, for example, a set of Ernie Ball, Oh, is that balls, what he meant? They, what he, says, oh, thought, he says in the email, a mix of Ernie Ball, Fender Bullet, well, Daddario... Presu- oh Christ, presumably, those that. ju-
2: presumably that's just on the three different guitars. Well, but
0: that's what I thought. But what if it is that he's got loads of packs of strings lying around and he just keeps taking the high E out? Right, yeah, um, fair enough. So I've heard that from other guitars, and I've heard it from Tex as well, that like stick with the same brand on the same guitar never just use like and absolutely an odd... don't use Fender Bullets well what's wrong with Fender Bullets it's not very good I mean it. I agree actually the Daddario or any Ball I think are safe though um, but yeah um, I've heard that from a lot of people that um, yeah keep with the same gauge obviously you can keep with the same brand um, because you're more likely to break strings apparently so that may be where the problem lies If there's if the set <laughs> is cobbled together from like a box of old or box of different Brands of string that could be an issue. Sean says, thinking of dipping my toes into pedal building kits. Had a look through FuzzDog's site, which looks great. Any links/slash tips people would send my way. Matt Knight, is this anything you've ever done?
1: It's something I've always considered doing and then never really had the time to do it. I did try and do it um, once and I made the biggest mistake of buying a cheap soldering iron. And I think that's my my only piece of advice is buy a decent soldering iron, and a lot. I think the thing is, is if you're building a pedal for the first time, it's like it's relatively easy to follow the instructions, and it's quite easy to learn how to solder. I always think the difficult part is is when it doesn't work.
0: And then it's like how do you troubleshoot?
1: Yeah, you you've got no reference to troubleshoot. It's like you know the manual doesn't really go. Oh, if it sounds like this, then you've obviously connected this component wrong or anything like that. So. I think actually I remember someone saying a good place to start is buying like electronic kits from Maplin. Like not necessarily pedals but like small like you can buy build like small electronic toys and things like that from Maplins. Just so you can get a hand on actually like soldering so that when it comes down to actually like circuit boards you can If you're of- if you're anywhere near
0: sort of the, the Sussex area, then um uh Reese from Bigfoot Engineering sometimes does um, little courses, doesn't you know, he? I Does thought it was Reese. No, it's not it? Reese. It's no, someone else.
1: There's another guy in Brighton. Um, I can't remember their name. They're they're based in Brighton, but they they do pedal building workshops. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. And
0: I know a few people who've had. It's always a fuzz. I think that's that's what you, you, everyone's first effect when you're building. But yeah. that seems like a great way to start. There are some really cheap websites out there for kits, though. Um, BitsBox is is really good. Um, build your own clone. I think is a oh, really? is, is a half decent one. Yeah, build the, your own clone although actually there's I don't think German you, one that I can't remember
1: um, I think with Build Your Own Clone though there was some sort of weird thing that you couldn't actually buy them in the UK oh really because I think some of the components were lead based components so right. I don't think you could they would they would they would ship internationally um, there's a very good
0: German site called Music Ding Music with a K, <laughs> K. And, uh, that, that do like loads and loads of they're less uh, less kit based more like buying individual components and bits and bobs so you have to know what you're after to get something but almost more potential for you to make something completely weird but then I imagine you'd have to have... You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think. So. Probably it's not a think- good thing- place to start. It's one of those things where you have to kind of know the rules to break the rules, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise if you just mash a load of components together, not- literally nothing is going to happen.
1: So. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like it'd be quite cool to just build like a fuzz but then like it's only going to sound like a really basic fuzz face and it's like how could you then how do you know what bits to change to kind of like make it your own that's true yeah you only that's only that's most difficult thing the but one thing i'm sure I'd, there I'd, are forums for that love. sort of thing yeah I, I suppose it's it's something you just have to kind of delve into and and spend a lot of time building and and changing and i know like i know uh, when i was talking to reese reese actually did like an a level in maths i think Uh, kind of like a lot of the circuit board stuff and yeah having that sort of more technical knowledge I mean one of the things to be honest if I could build anything I'd love to just do a step by step building of an amp I think would be the uh, would be the one because you can go on courses for that there's actually a course in London that a guy used me um, like me and Jay worked with especially who went and did a course in in London and built his own like Fender clone it sounded
2: great didn't it
1: yeah, it sounded awesome. Really loud. Um, and he and he offered like he basically offers basic kits, but then if you say oh, I want it to sound more like this or more like that, or if you want to buy in other parts, he then shows you how to to fit them and stuff like that, which I thought was quite cool. Is it combos that you get to build on that course? No, it, was,
2: it was a head that Chris built, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was a head. Yeah, okay. uh, and actually, I think he actually provi- He says, "What do you want to build?" And then they provide the the chassis. And uh, then you can go to somewhere like Zilla and, and have the, the cab built, basically. Wow. They were called, I think they were called Torres amps, if I remember right. Yeah, rightly. that's right. And, I remember, yeah. Um, because actually uh, another friend of um, ours, Robin, uh, actually built one and he built like a Fender Pro Junior. Wow. Um, but ha- it had a re- it had an effects loop in it for reverb and had like a, a an effects loop, so it had volume tone and then like just a blend for the reverb on the front. Uh, they're now called Vice amps okay um and yeah i think they're based in london actually but i always thought that'd be a cool thing to do like point to point little little amp i thought yeah that would be like and i think they just sell the kits as well so you can just do it at home yeah um and actually the kits unless i was just having a look they're like the course uh the course cost is the kit cost and the tuition and the board And the day starts at 155 quid, and then the the kits start at 260. It's not bad to like build your own amp. That's that's not bad.
2: Realistically, you're looking at you're looking at in terms of. I mean, depending on where you live, you're probably looking at 500 quid for the day, and then what 200 quid to get Zilla to house it in a cab.
1: Yeah. So apparently, according to this, though, they do actually they will actually like build a housing for it as well. So. I mean that's sort of like. So maybe uh, maybe, it only needs tolexing, maybe only needs tone
2: in maybe only one hundred and fifty quid or hundred quid or something. But I mean, it will cost you the best part of seven hundred quid, probably. You know, to get it all, yeah. all in all, which is you know, if you get something exactly what you want. But that's I mean, they great. do
1: they do a lot of a lot of amps. Like I think there's, I'm probably looking at like 40, 50 amp designs wow. that you can choose from. That's amazing! Wow,
0: I think we should go do this.
1: Yeah, alright. Um, I, sure. I reckon actually it'd be quite a good quite a good laugh. Uh, three days is two hundred and ninety five pounds, four days is three hundred and ninety. And then you basically just buy the and then there's a, like a discount on the kit that you want. But you can build anything from let's have a look. What what sort of amp would you want to build? You'd want to probably put a Marshall, really, wouldn't you? No, you'd want to build, build a
2: you'd want
0: to build a fender. You want to build they a they amps no. Why would they do that? Uh, the,
1: the best ones already build, been made. Actually, you can build a basement. The, the kit's expensive, but you could build a basement. Maybe you do that. How much um, is the kit? But the single, the kit is five hundred quid. Okay. That but would they make do it, like, it
2: would make a cool video. Wait, wait. Maybe the four of us should go up there and do it.
1: I'll speak to them. I'll drop them an email. I'll do um, it. Let's have a look. They do. I reckon something like. Yes, yeah, so they do a they do one called the Boxer, which is like a Class A five watt amp um, with a Jensen ten watt speaker, a ten inch speaker in it. But then they do one with like a KT12 valve in it with a twelve inch speaker, single ended five watts, like super clean, uh, like four hundred quid with just volume and uh, volume full t- set of tones and a gain control. Nice, so a Blues Junior basically.
2: Yeah, wow, that is cool.
1: Nice. Maybe we build a uh, Guitar Nerd's
0: Blues Junior. Yeah. It'd be cool. Anyway, that's cool. we're up at time. So that's um this. Time, gentlemen. Indeed. That's this episode. But we're going to go and do at least another half an hour over on this week's Patreon episode. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from $5 a month you can get in on the action of an extra half an hour uh, of guitar nerd stuff every week basically we're going to be answering questions from Robin um, about uh, classic vibe tellies from Nick about Joyo vintage face pedals from Rye about um, some Marshall stuff from Tyler about Behringer pedals and maybe some more as well patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds um, there are people on Patreon who have become our exclusive backers the exclusive club um, who uh, are these guys here Mark cross Mark Rice, Rob Pierce, J.D. Short, David Carroll, Annie McKenzie, Eric Seary, Paul Corrigan, Jack Conroy, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Chris Wilson, Scott O'Polling, Matt Quine, Fletcher Fletcher, Phil Thompson, Laurie Anstis, Moe Gravett, Colin Uncle. Um thank you to the exclusive backers your support as always is much appreciated um we couldn't we literally couldn't do the show without you so um yeah Very, very nice indeed. Um, If you want to get in on the action of asking questions and stuff, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, on Twitter at guitar nerds, on Instagram at guitar nerds, on Periscope at guitar nerds, um, on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Follow me at Mark underscore random, Matt at Matt underscore night, J at J-A-Y-B-N-1 and Joe at Joseph underscore nine hundred. Let's go and do a Patreon, and then we can watch some new Game of Thrones. Can't wait. Exciting times. Cheers. Bye-bye. Winter is coming.